Ahoy, hello, welcome to a brand new episode of Baffled. It's your favourite fact podcast back once again. We will bring you a smorgasbord of facts that we have devoured from the internet. You just decide whether they are worth keeping and retaining and sharing or chucking in the bin. My name's Dan, thank you for being there. I have stuff this week about cheese, about the dictionary, and also why zombies are so like zombies. Mark is here too. What do you got? This week, how not to save your money during a war. Dogs are judging you. And finally, what George Washington, the founding father of the United States of America, never knew. And Connor makes up the three. We're going to talk about a real big thing that baseball umpires had to think about. Mary and her little lamb and Babe Ruth. So two baseball, one Mary. <laughs> Stick around, it's a brand new episode of Baffled. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, can you hear that? You shaved your balls, didn't you? No, no let's not get straight into the testicular chat. Why? I, I haven't shaved that yet, but I have shaved my face with... You've done a better new, job than last week. Thank you. With with this new razor. So uh, for, for the month of November, we are supported by Manscaped, who do what they say on the tin. They give dudes uh, products with which they can curate and groom hair on their body. I enjoyed opening the box, by the way, that we got wonderfully sent and finding that really nice leather pouch at the bottom. That was a nice little yeah. added treat. Little travel bag for you. Yeah. Yeah. So we were sent... From Manscaped, thank you very much. Uh, a box which you can buy online, which had a uh, beard trimmer. There was a nose trimmer in there as well. Beard trimmer, sorry, balls trimmer. Nose trimmer in there as well. All sorts of ointments and lotions for your regions. And we had some boxes in there as well. Uh, and you've got a code if you want to save some money. So I know we're getting towards Christmas time. If there is a man in your life who you would like to nudge towards being better groomed with better personal hygiene... Uh, manscaped.com and if you use the code baffled you get 10% off get 20% off 20% off and free shipping and free shipping wow and also the nose trim is great I have used that can you breathe better uh, you, yeah. do, you do look well nose trimmed thank today. you yeah I did also use it on another area of the body which is hard to get to not recommended the ears no. mm. yeah. ears yeah not recommended by manscaped no all jokes aside great products and smell good so, mm. yeah, if you are, if this is you and you want better hygiene, you want to take care of yourself better, take care of your, your, your nether regions better, head to Manscaped. Perhaps if you would like to point someone in the direction subtly yeah. to do that, 
Manscaped.com. Use the code BAFFLED when you're checking out for 20% across the board and you'll get some free shipping in there as well. And you're supporting the podcast, just like Manscaped, for the rest of the month. Thank you very much. All right, Mark, give us your first fact of the show. Alan Turing once wrote a code so complicated to hide his life savings that even he couldn't crack it and he never found his life savings ever again. Just get a safe. You'd have thought so, wouldn't you? I, I think... I would imagine, Connor, you pay little attention to where your life savings, if there could be such a term, are. I'm feeling you're like a dump it all in the toilet system kind of guy. No, just direct debit straight into this little account that I've got that I think I've had pretty much always. And yeah. Good interest rate, good savings rate on that at the moment? No idea. No idea. No. Better than Alan Turing, at least you know where it is. Yeah, yeah. Just straight in there and yeah, Bob's your uncle. So did anyone ever figure it out? No, it's still unsolved. So the story goes that when World War II started, Alan Turing was very aware that if the Nazis took over, then they would raid, they'd probably raid his house, they'd take all his savings, take all his money. So he went, I will do something clever to hide them away. So he had a look and he went, right, what's going to be expensive after the war? Silver. So he went and bought silver and then hid it in Bletchley Park, in the forest surrounding Bletchley Park. I like it. But you can't just write down where you hid it. So he created a code and a treasure map. <laughs> Unfortunately, he could never crack his code and he can't find where he put it because the forest around Bletchley Park had changed so much by the time he went back to get it that he could never, ever find it. And then he died and still never been found. I just feel it's the obvious question. Why make the code that tricky? Like how, like if you are yeah. one of the fathers of programming and coding, how can you possibly make something... Like, if you are at the forefront of this technology, how can you make something that you can't figure out? Yeah, I feel like he did go a little OTT. He was, he was very worried about the Germans coming over and seizing everything from him. So he tried to make the hardest code he ever could. And then he kind of, you know, dealt with solving the German codes in the war and all of that and forgot about his own code, came back to it and went, I have no idea. It's great. Great. Because everything he was trying not to happen happened. happened. Yeah. Yeah. Absolute mayor. Wonderful sense of irony throughout history. Yeah. I bet you're... It's worth about £30,000 now, that much silver, that's just hidden away somewhere in Bletchley Park. And they still haven't found it? Still haven't found it. Small fry for Connor with his direct debit. Yeah. Easy. He went out there with a metal detector and everything. No no luck. I I reckon he buried it in the wrong place. Gotta be in it. I love the fact that he invested it in silver as well. I really enjoy when people have hard, like... hard forms of money physical assets well it wasn't entirely sure what was going to happen with the currency after the war because if you know if the Germans win and take over you're no longer going to be using British money using German money exactly so he went well the cost of silver is going to go up and it did it went up 80% so he was right about that bit wrong about how hard he had to so the most important hide it Yeah. yeah he did originally think about rather than buying silver buying razors because he knew that they would be very valuable right. after the war. So he, so he had a good mind on him to think, good mind. if I'm going to do it, it's going to be investment at the same time. Dogecoin. Should invest in the old crypto. Yeah, bought yeah. a bit of Ethereum back then. When was this? Uh, you know, 1940s, 1950s. Uh, so Probably Bitcoin there. What, what yeah, probably, yeah. I think that's when Bitcoin was just starting. Yeah. Well, maybe he, was, maybe he is the man. Maybe he's that mystery man who started Bitcoin. I reckon he's had a nightmare and buried it in the wrong place. It's got to be. You're focused on this. I am, yeah, because I just feel... I'm trying to work out how they haven't found it. Well, it's here, probably be, your housing estates now, uh, up around Bletchley well, Park. It's hard to metal detect. Yeah. would have built over most of that. And what would that be worth today? Probably not About £30,000. Oh, so that you did say, yeah. A couple of razors. 30 grand. Not bad. Not bad, yeah. So deposit on a house. Yeah. yeah. Worth a dig. 
was worth 250 quid at the time. It's now worth 30,000 pounds. Connor, give us your first fact of the show. Uh, we're going to talk about baseball umpires and something that is uh, quite an important moment when they're working. They are required to wear black underwear. Have to wear black underwear. This is a rule that was established so that umpires wouldn't be ashamed if their pants were ever to split. This is actually a requirement now that has been set up by the MLB group. It happened really, really early on in the days of baseball. And uh, yeah, umpires had ripped their pants and pants were seen, but now they don't have to worry about it. Remember when you watch cartoons or films and people would rip mm. their trousers? They, would, they were always wearing white polka dot pantalones. Always. Well, the, it's almost like don't wear those and you'll probably be all right. This yeah. makes sense though, because I guess you can... Rip it, have black underwear on, and nobody really know about it. Right? Whereas if you've got red underwear on, or you've got your ones that your grand bought you with your little cartoon stuff on it, SpongeBob ones. So I assume their trousers are also black. Yeah, of course they are, yeah. I'm trying to think how much of my life I've ever de- dedicated to being worried that my pa- my trousers would split. Well, I guess as an umpire, though, it's... You you are doing a cool lot of movement. That yeah. Was... You're doing abnormal there, movement. No, no, yeah, they're bending, though. They kind of bend down, don't they, behind the... Is it the guy that bowl yeah. maybe? They're, they're up, and they're also, even, even if you're on the field, you're still bending to see if people are making the... Like, there's a lot of squatting and bending that goes on. Very much a mid-chino rip, that. Very much the yeah. gooch area would go. So the black underpants backs you up a little bit. Yeah. Unless you've got white... Well, can you imagine white, whites with skid marks? That rips. Yeah. Your front page news. You're a meme. Don't need that. Yeah. I, I don't think about splitting my trousers, but I do spend a lot of time... I think the decision, you know, many people ask, what would Jesus do? Mm. I ask, what, like, am I, am what I'm doing, is it memeable? Like, if, if this all went wrong, am I going to be turned into a meme? I had an absolute nightmare once where the I am. Um, equivalent. I'm a yeah. boxer under swimming trunk guy. That, well, that's weird. Why? It is weird, yeah. So I used to get Why? really bad. Is it chafe? That's the word? Yes. So one way that my chafe would stop would wear boxers underwear swimming, underneath swimming trunks when I was in the sea. And then it just become a habit. Right? Sure. Yeah. But I once bought some white swimming trunks and decided to wear black underwear Well, coming out of the sea. I would argue that's bad swimwear design if you could see the boxes through it. Surely you'd have been able to see other stuff through it. Quite like, mm. Do you wear them everywhere, even when you're in the pool now? Yeah. That's weird. That is, yeah. And they have to be but, Calvin Klein. But surely they're like, they're a material that isn't... No, they're tight, supported, and you, 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 you yeah. Well, the, your, you know, a lot of your image is curated about, is, is, is curated. Like, I, people can tell that you put time, that you put effort into what you're wearing and how you look. I always think when I see people wear particularly Calvin Klein's under their swimming shorts, I think you're lazy. You've just turned up. Well, this the thing. I, I, yeah, I just, I'm really weird with stuff OCD. I yes. can't wear any other pants other than Calvin Klein now, not because of the fact that they're Calvin Klein. Mm. It's just in my head. Yeah, and yeah, course, I, yeah. Wear another one, and I'm like, oh, this feels weird. It gets up my bum a little bit. Mm. Calvin Klein, though, seems to just be great. Really good. They've got you. You're They've an Apple me. man. You're an Apple man. You're a Calvin Klein man. But yeah, if you ever think of being a baseball umpire, stock up on your black underwear. I enjoy the fact that they've made that rule. Is it, I, I, I like bit. when governing bodies, the like, MLE, what can we yeah. fix? Like, because there's, in all sports, there's quite a lot that's wrong with it yeah. in, in big infrastructure. Mm. But they're focusing on the small things. It's yes. like even Premier League players, the referee will check their boots to make sure the studs are correct, like they do on Sunday League. Yeah. There's loads that's wrong with the modern game of football, but they're still faffing on doing that. Right, first fact of the show for me, we're talking about zombies. Why do you think zombies are like zombies? They're not, because they're not real. Wow. Why do I think 
Why are zombies so mean and hungry? Oh. And why are they so thick and stupid? Because they're raised from the dead. Well, a spokeswoman for the US Academy of Nutrition and Dietics, an actual body, said that zombies are so out of sorts because they're suffering from keto flu. Like they've been on the keto diet. Please drop me out. And, no. and their brains contain very low carbohydrates. I have been <clears throat> annihilated in the past on my facts. And, you know, rightly so. This is shit. It's an actual government body. It's not a real <clears throat> thing. A cognitive neuroscientist from Carnegie Mellon, I'm going to probably where? butcher his name. Is Hold on, where? Carnegie Mellon. Like an American big body who researched things. Timothy Versteinen mm. has said, the insatiable appetite of a zombie is probably a, is probably a clue that the hypothalamus in the brain has gone wrong, overproducing ghrelin, meaning they're always hungry. Also, their lumbering gait may mean they've lost some of their brain areas that coordinate... Uh, smooth and effortless movement. So basically what they're saying here, this is why zombies are like they are. Mm. Because something's gone wrong with their brain. That means yeah. they're always hungry and they can't move properly. Because they're always hungry, they're eating anything. One of them is uh, a lot of meat, which means they don't get as much carbohydrates. So they have keto flu, much mm. like someone on the keto diet. Here, here's the thing, though. <clears throat> this is unquestionable. <laughs> this cannot be... This cannot be... It's not real. You're, ba- you're yeah. talking about a... It's a imaginary like, thing. We can't be giving real life reasons for why a non-real life thing is like it is. That's like saying that Spongebob can breathe underwater because of. Because it's a sponge and therefore well, yeah, a lot but the of thing holes is, in. I'm not saying this. This is The US Academy of Nutrition and Dietics is saying this. But this isn't this. a fact. Well, it is. They've said it. No. But, but, it but the fact they've said it is a fact. But it can't be proven. It can't be disproven. It's not a fact. It's imaginary. Am I right in saying that this with, could actually be... You. The first time that it's definitely not a fact. But it, no, but the fact that mm. this, this absolutely this, isn't no, a fact. This phrase is a fact. The spokeswoman, a spokeswoman for the US Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, say that zombies might be out of sorts because they're suffering from keto flu. That is a fact. Right. The rest, granted. The statement conjecture. Now, okay. I imagine they were asked to do something Halloween based to right. create some hashtag content. I mean. It's helped us out. And that's what she's done. Yeah. You've done well. I don't know if you noticed today on the news when we're recording this big story in the UK about how celebrations, the chocolate box. Getting rid of bounties. They're doing a thing where because bounties are the most leftovers, if you've got a bounty in your box and you don't like the box, you can take it back to the shop and swap it. That's not really happening. It's just a way to get your PR thing in the news. Mm. That's what they've done here. If you do become a zombie, yes. remember, the reason is... I'd have IBS. you got stuff wrong with your brain. Right. That's what he's got now. Which is why you're lumbering all around. Your motor functions aren't <laughs> working properly. <laughs> yeah. You're always really hungry because a part of your brain is missing. It's not making the hormone... No, it's, it's overproducing, rather, the hormone ghrelin. And because you need to eat everything, you're eating a lot of fat and protein with very little carbs. So you're, you've got the keto diet flu. Mm-hmm. Cheers. If you ate nothing but like meat and protein, mm. would that stodge you up rather than not make, make you runny? Me, I'm all right with. It's more the carb stuff. Well, you'd be fine. I'd be fine, absolutely no fine. No carbs. Load me up with potato and ash brown chips. Nightmare. Bit of beef, bit of steak, something like that. What? And tofu? No, indigestion. Mark, give us your second fact of the show. Dogs can smell incompetence. I know that they can smell illness i've heard i think they can smell cancer on people yeah but that's because they'll be making a chemical i would imagine or something yeah Uh, what how do they how can they possibly smell incompetence 
So new research has found that dogs are capable of recognizing humans' competence at certain tasks. So they will tend to side with the person who they deem is the most capable, especially if food is involved. Yes, I get that. So they'd side with the adult over the kid to get food because the adult is seen as a more dominant figure within the house. So let's, for example, put you two in a room. This This is... As much hokum as my zombie one was. I'm intrigued. There's no way a dog can sniff to know whether you're going to give them food. Hold on. So if we put the, both of you two in a room, mm. then uh, ask you to open up a container, mm-hmm. which would contain food, for example, okay? Let's say that Dan nails the task, because sure. look, look at him. He's a quality container opener. Sure. Connor struggles. Can't get it open. Cack-handed. Right? Ow. The dog's there watching, going, okay, you're capable. You're incapable. I get this. Right. You then put him back into the room with you two. Yep. He will smell both of you and he'll go, go into Dan. Go yep. to Dan to get food so, because I know that he's capable. This makes mm. sense to me. But what's, what's he sniffing out? He's sniffing he's out the, the dog. Per- he's, no, it's a mind <clears throat> thing, isn't it? It's a remem- he's remembering that that person was competent, then, uh, then yeah, remembering so that yeah. smell. Yeah. But it's the smell of me, not the smell of me being good at something. Yes. Or maybe it's even the smell that I've got food on me. Yeah, so it's more of a case if they can recognise incompetence and then put that with a smell, rather than smell in the way, as Connor said earlier, like, I can smell if you have COVID, mm. as some of the dogs can now do. But the thing is, dogs, they've got fewer faculties than us so it would make sense that their other senses were a bit boosted like they need to rely on their nose a lot more than we do yeah so dogs are very judgmental do you want to guess what the most judgmental type of dog is Mm. shih tzu female dogs oh it's general female dogs general female dogs Mm. much more receptive to it and much more judgmental about your competence right boy dogs idiots well, my dog boy, is a boy, boy dogs. dog. Don't, don't care as much. They're lovely. Like, yeah, lovely, I'm sure, but a bit thick, right? Yeah. Bumbling. You're a cat owner, so. A bit bit thick. Well, I mean, the cats are intelligent, genius creatures, but evil is sin. Connor, give us your second fact of the show. Mary had a little lamb. Whose sheet was as white as snow. There we go. It's actually real. It's actually based on a real person. Um, one, what was her name? What was her name? I'm about to get into that. Her name is Mary. Mary Sawyer. Um, but yes, yeah, so the girl mentioned in this famous nursery rhyme, which I actually I wanted to ask this because you may know the answer to it. <laughs> but is it universal that Mary had a little lamb? I don't know. It's very tough for me to answer because right. I learned it in England at primary school. Yeah. So I don't know like what the Germans are doing. So we're going back to 1817. There was a pet lamb that followed an 11 year old girl, Mary Sawyer, to school. Um, later in the 1860s, she raised money for an old church by selling wool from that famous lamb, and she became quite well known from doing that. Then there was a lady called Sarah Josepha Howe. She was a writer, and she wrote, Mary had a little lamb. And that there is your nursery rhyme. Did Mary ever get any money from it, though? Well, what royalties coming through yeah. from Spotify? Don't think that happened there, no. Oh, um, and it was actually written in the 1800s, and that reports uh, from the New England Historical Society that it is actually proven. How do these things catch on? I know. If I wanted to make a nursery rhyme now, how do I make it big? Uh, TikTok, probably. TikTok, yeah. Yeah, it's TikTok changed now. or a massive podcast. You see, this is actually a cute story. Like, this young girl, Mary, took the young animal under her care after the poor thing was rejected by a sheep mother on the family's farm and used to follow her, took it under her wing. Then a story, a little story got written about her by a lovely woman called Sarah, and now we sing it in schools while we're sitting on cold, horrible wooden floors. Do they still do that? 
I think you're still seeing. I don't know. Actually, primary <clears> school it was for me. I don't know. I don't really know many primary school kids. What did you What did you sing in primary school? Kumbaya. Yeah. Mary had little lamb. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think like one of the new <laughs> M songs. Mate. So, some of the other ones. Yeah. Eight, yeah. Lose yourself eight mile. Yeah, yeah. something like that. A bit, well, yeah, probably a little bit of fifty cent in that. Yeah. yeah, one of them. Mary had a little lamb. We used to say fleece. cucumber. And my teacher yeah, used to we call used me, to do tell that. me off. Said a cumbaya, cucumber, so said a cu- my lord. Yeah, cucumber, my lord. And she used to say, you're taking the mickey out of something quiet. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. What did she, what did, did I do in the next verse? How did she come, cucumber, then get detention. How did she come back to that? You go, no, yeah, no. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right, miss. Yeah, all right. <laughs> but yeah, so Mary had a little lamb's drill. There we go. One of the... Shouts Mary Soil. One of the feelings, you know when you are past a moment in life and you don't appreciate what it was? Yeah. Like the last time you go to the park with your mates. And it's like, oh Christ, I'll never do that again. One moment that I really want back is that absolute glee when you laugh in an assembly and you cannot stop yourself. Yeah. I never, I will never laugh that much again. I will never get that, that hysterical in my life. And it's happened to the last time I, agree. I didn't know. For me, back to primary school, would be the first time I ever put a turkey twizzler in my mouth. Oh, I love a turkey twizzler. I can imagine why. I never appreciated just how good those things were. You never and did, I reckon never the fir- do until they're gone. Right. I reckon the first moment would have been sensational if I had remembered that moment. And the first time actually in kindergarten where I dipped a digestive in orange juice. Well, God. you know what you need to do from that? What? Remember. So when you do something new for the first time, be present. Say, mm. look, I'm going to remember this moment now. Maybe there's a new nurse you are on Turkey Twizzlers. Hmm? Maybe there's a new nurse you are on Turkey Twizzlers. You can make that. Mary had a little lamb. Its fleece was white as snow. <laughs> I've looked at the lyrics. Yeah. Everywhere the child meant, the little lamb was sure to go. He followed her to school one day and broke the teacher's rule. What a time did they have that day at school? Tisket tasket, a green yellow basket, sent a flower to my baby on the way I passed it. I think this might be like a, a, a jazzed up version. What's happening? I reckon if you put that on TikTok today and had like the melody of savage love underneath it, that'd probably go viral. Bingo. Why don't we just do cucumber, my lord? Cucumber. Yeah. Cucumber, my lord. I'm rambling. Thank you very much, Connor, for that second fact. Mary Sawyer, by the way, lived in Sterling, Massachusetts. A shout out to anybody there that lives there. A lot happened in Massachusetts around yeah, there. Uh, it's, a, it's a weird place. Good place. But I, there's a lot going on there, I think. Mm. All the murder docks seem to be near there. You know who did them all? Mary's little lamb. Mary's little lamb. They were lambs to the slaughter from Mary. Nice. Second fact of the show for me. Connor, how would you... Define a horse if you were making the very first Polish dictionary. There's a relatable question. Email in. <laughs> um, just a, 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 a big thing that you can ride. A big thing that you can ride. That's that. That's Don't that. Google that. That's how you define a horse. Don't Google that. Big, an- big animal, four legs that you can sit on. Mark, if you were in 1740s Lviv yeah. in Poland, yeah. making the very first dictionary there, how would you define what a horse is? A large four-legged creature that neighs. Come on, mate. Mate, I'm in it. What are you doing? I'm in it. It keeps buzzing in my pocket. I was just checking if it wasn't hiding. <laughs> well, here's what Benedict Chmlowski, who made the first dictionary, defined a horse as. A horse. Everyone can see what a horse is. I like it. That was how he defined a horse in the very first Polish dictionary. What if you don't know what a horse is, though? They defined, dictionary to have a look d- at they defined goats as a stinking kind of animal. Sure. The first Polish, dictionary, the first Polish dictionary was called <coughs> Nov Ateni, 
which this full name was New Athens or the Academy Full of All Science divided into subjects and classes for the wide ones to record, for the idiots to learn, for the politicians to practice, for the melancholics to entertain issued. It's famous. It was made, as I say, in the 18th century by the Polish priest Benedict Joachim Kimlowski, as I guess. It was published in Lviv in 1745 and it was memorable... Connor, memorable for so the much drivel, mate. amusing definitions often quoted in Poland to this day. The definitions like horse. What's a horse? Everyone can see what a horse is. Questions? All the bit before, I can't remember. But yeah, I guess that is the truth. But it's the same with a goat, a toad, and a... What, what do you mean? Tadpole, you what? can see what it is. Yeah, but the point of a dictionary is to define what it is. That isn't defining it. At all. That's the point. Right. Hence the fact. Got you. There we go. We got, yeah. So it's but wrong. The fact is, when the first Polish dictionary was made, he had gave quite stubbornly whimsical definitions for these creatures. Right. I quite like that. I mean, it's quite a job in it, making you go just define everything. I think it'd be really hard to make a dictionary. It's more like, of a like vision by, thing. By the point it? you get to HO in the dictionary, of course you're writing, you can see what a bloody horse is. I sometimes, as well as looking at post boxes, when I when I take a second away from that, I sometimes l- like to look at obscure connection words in the dictionary to see how they've defined them. God. Sometimes I, I think your life couldn't get sadder. Yet. Up until the present or a specified time by now or then. It's just interesting that someone's had to like come up with a way to write down what yet means. What did you say you like to do outside of looking at post boxes? I like to look at some words in the dictionary to see how they've defined them. Right. Fair enough. Each to their own, isn't oh, it? Oh, well, you're on FIFA. No, no, no. It's each Spending their own. Spending on all those loot packs. I mean, look, loot F- FIFA's more of a universal thing it, to pass your time doing as dictionary. opposed to the reading The dictionary is more universal than FIFA. Yeah, but doing what you do in the dictionary is a bit weird. Perhaps. Do FIFA have, does FIFA have loot boxes? As long as you're happy, mate. Is it loot boxes? What do they call them? What, what's the FIFA thing you buy? FIFA packs. FIFA packs. What did you call spent them? spent ages coming up with that name. Loop boxes. Do you know, do you know how you no. define FIFA pack? Everyone knows what the fuck is, mate. <laughs> uh, loot boxes. No, that that was more for um. Was it Fortnite? Did Fortnite have loot boxes? Yeah, it? I think so. I saw a TikTok. Scott was just looking blankly. Yeah, like, why, saw... why is this a conversation? I saw a TikTok the other day of a, a grown man genuinely crying because he got Pele in a FIFA card pack. You would cry, yeah. No, Amazing. no, no, no. What? That is sadder than me looking at dictionaries crying because you got a, a thing. Mm. There's one thing sadder than that That's making your boyfriend A FIFA care package on TikTok I'm, I'm, No I'm unsure Oh come on if, if I saw If I walked into somebody's room A friend And they were there With a care package That their girlfriend had made them While they were playing FIFA For a sesh I'd go Pretty cool If I walked into a room And saw you Reading a dictionary For what did you say By candlelight I would be What did you say it was for Just to see the definition Of some words Yeah I mean That is really <laughs> I think I would go home Would you go home but yeah. you're, you're not invited. But I hand you a controller for FIFA, yeah. some Doritos. You're judging though, right? Nah, man. If you go to his house and his girlfriend has made him a care package. Oh, I judge. Of, yeah, you yeah, can judge, absolutely. Like, yes, doing? but if it is there for me to tuck into, thank you very much, Hayley. Yeah, but with you, you offer oh, nothing. Disgusting. You offer an extra dictionary and say, come on, pull a chair up. No, but I don't, I don't want you there. What? I want to be like Scrooge. With my okay. bread and cheese and my gruel, just like by the candlelight. See, I imagined you in front of a roaring fire with an old whiskey. Too much money. Oh, is this one, girl? Oh, I wouldn't believe it. <laughs> so you'll never guess. you never guess how they defined butts in the dictionary. But she's so happy. And the thing is, you would look up like small words, wouldn't you? Not like big words. <laughs> yeah. Not like, oh, well, that's not interesting. This word, riparian. Let me tell you about this. And be like, no. <laughs> 
And I'm going in, they discard, but... Look, when you propose, is there a moment of pause? Perhaps we've gone past the point of interest for you, listener. But I think it's way more interesting to figure out how they've managed to define short words that we use all the time that just everyone knows the meaning to rather than long words. I would rather open FIFA packs and eat Doritos, <laughs> but each to their own. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You can always get in touch with the show, by the way. The best way to do that is baffledpod.com. We've got links to all our socials there. And you can click on the contact form, say hello, let us know what you think, drop a fact or two if you fancy and save us time. Uh, you can give always- us a review on Apple as well. Abby has. The three lads really make facts interesting. Pure comedy value. They all bounce off each other. Should be higher up in the charts. It's, it's a lot. <laughs> You're telling us, Abby. It's a long edit. We don't bounce off each other that well. It's a very long edit that we have to cut. We're in here for three hours for what you get for half an hour. I think the issue is is that we place ourselves in the comedy podcast area and then Dan goes and delivers... Content that he reads a dictionary for. Hey, hey, hey! Seven Sun Seventy Five says these fellas deserve a much larger audience. Do we? Do we? Hey, listen to this comedy fact. But hey, yo, Mel, listen to this. I found this brand new comedy fact podcast. You'll never guess what they were talking about. Oh, what is it? Post boxes and dictionaries. Mm, you unbelievable. C- you can also. Oh, there are some FIFA loot boxes there if you fancy it too. Mm. You can also get merch, bafflepod.com. And remember, if you do want to support the show and you want to trim yourself, maybe you want your partner to trim himself, himself, get to manscaped.com. You can save yourself a cool 20% by using the code baffled and they will ship it free to you. Uh, Mark, just tell us more about that. Uh, yeah, so support for Baffled is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming with products that are precision-engineered for your downstairs region. So 20% off free worldwide shipping with the code baffled at manscaped.com. Join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. Yeah, we're free of them. Yeah. I trust them. To me, very much though. If my maths is right, 12 million balls. 12 million balls all being sprayed up with Manscaped. Imagine being in charge of that many balls. It's a lot of balls. Responsible. You know how they would say, you know, how do you juggle all those balls? (laughs) Imagine juggling 12 million balls. Right, last fact of the show. Just for those of you listening Connor just spent about 10 minutes on Matt Hancock maybe in the uh, the bonus episodes uh, Mark give us your last fact of the show George Washington died in 1799 the first dinosaur fossil was found in 1824 so George Washington never knew that dinosaurs existed I've heard things like this before and it does always blow my mind it's a little bit crazy isn't it it massively blows, blows my mind if you think that's what 200 years ago how enlightened we are yeah we could have been born throughout history where they literally knew nothing I wonder what that version of that would be for us. Yeah. And this is what I mean. This is why you can never be sure about anything. Because for 15, you know, for hundreds of thousands of years of human creation, everyone thought the sun went around the earth. Then they disproved that. No one knew what gravity was for ages. George Washington walked around the smartest man in the world, you know, arguably at one point, not knowing dinosaurs existed. Like there are so many things that could just turn out. Oh, by the way. Interesting that. And imagine the time when suddenly you were told, oh, by the way, 
you know dinosaurs yeah 100 million years ago there were these massive lizards that roamed around just imagine that moment of being like what the f yeah do you know what the first dinosaur was called no the megalosaurus yeah easy the big one the big one the big the big did we the big lizard the names of which dinosaurs are given have we created for what we found how did no they had they had name tags on so we just took it what do you mean so like the minute they found the fossils we then just gave the names yeah yeah Yeah. usually gave the names based on uh key characteristics of the fossils so saurus i think is the suffix in latin that means lizard right so and dinosaur means terrible lizard yeah so tyrannosaurus is and how long ago did the dinosaurs exist was it well kind of um like 65 million years plus i think off the top of my head it's quite a long time ago well the mad thing as well it's the one that we always have isn't it something like we're closer to the stegiosauruses than the stegiosauruses were to the t-rexes like in time yeah wow yeah how long has the earth been around uh, is it since 4. forever 5 billion years i think since the start of time itself and about, humans i think about two hundred thousand years I get numbers off the top of my head. Adam and Eve, first ones. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Rattling around. Mm. But this is what I mean. Isn't it mad that Adam and Eve didn't know about VR? Yeah. Of, of all the technological things, you went for VR. VR. Uh, cheeseburger. Who was watching their TikToks? That, exactly. Cheeseburger. They never tried a cheeseburger. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just shit. Cheeseburger. Yeah, okay. Are you all right? Do you know what I mean? Just shouting cheeseburger. I mean, they just literally would have eaten grass and... Famously an apple. But did they? were they like us, Adam and Eve? Were they as developed as us in way of, like, look? Or do they look different than us? Well, I mean, if, if you believe it, yeah, they were cut from the same cloth that we are. Right. Apparently the cheeseburger wasn't invented until 1924. There we go. You know what that means? What? It's a lot of people who haven't had a those, cheeseburger. Those, uh, you know, getting serious around Remembrance Day, the poor people who lost their life in World War One Never knew a cheeseburger. Never knew a cheeseburger. Crazy. But actually, <laughs> well, I think maybe they did have a cheeseburger, not knowing that it was a cheeseburger. So I had a bit of beef in like a bun or in like something. A little sandwich maybe. Yeah, but never knew that it was called a cheeseburger. Here's the thing though. Something if you Google about... when was the burger invented, 1885. Are you telling me that for 60 years no one looked at it and went, put some cheese on that? Just to be serious for a second. I had a triple cheeseburger the other day from McDonald's. It took me three days to recover. Go ahead. Why do you do this to yourself? What? Everyone that's listened to one episode of this podcast knows that you've got a dicky tummy. Why do you put yourself through it? What? Eating, eating this crap. Why have a triple cheeseburger if you know it's not going to agree with you? I, mean, I don't think it was that. I think it was the eight. Uh, what are they called these new beers that are out that everyone loves? Mi- Mira? No. Uh, Jubels. No. The red beer looks like a Shrella. Yeah, I know what you mean. Mi- Micha? Yeah. Why are we talking about? Where does this come from? Well, I don't know, but I had eight of those in a triple cheeseburger and it God, all just bad. We do, we do range around, don't we? Anyway, dinosaurs are nice and Adam <laughs> and Eve, good luck to them. Just to be serious, <laughs> it is very important to remember that you can't be certain about everything... Well, that's not true. It's always interesting to know that you never know what's coming next. Always good to know. How old were Adam and Eve when they died? I don't know. Oh. That's one part of the Bibel I do not but know. But then they had sex and had a baby. Can't tell you. Right. Cain and Abel, yes, I think that, I think that, I think that was their kids. Right. But Maybe you can not. tell me the dictionary definition of a horse. In Polish. Brilliant. Right. What talents. Kind of give us your last fact of the show. Babe Ruth, know him? I do. I do, heard of him. Pretty In 1934, famous. now the reason I'm bringing this fact is because I think this is an absolute steal. 1934, he paid a fan $20. That was it. For the return of the baseball that he hit for his 700th career home run. $20! I'm telling you right now, if Babe Ruth got on the blower to me and said, can I have that baseball back? 
it's more than, now look 1934 $20 is going to be worth a lot more than what it is today sure. I, I appreciate that but still I'd be bumping up that number a bit wouldn't you I once read a book about Babe Ruth I, I can remember interesting guy I can remember very little of it but what I do remember interesting dude yes very much so um, we're not going to dive into why but yeah $20 was all that he paid Loved his women. Wouldn't you have lumped that up a bit, though, as a fan? Maybe you mm. was, like, more thinking, maybe I'll meet Babe Ruth. I don't know. But I would have gone a little bit higher. 1934, I've tried to do research into this, but I don't know the websites to find. I'm just trying to find out how much $20 would be worth then compared to now. Did you Google it? Yeah, it didn't really give me much, but he's going to Google it and find well, it straight away. I just uh, Google. I, um, I thought it was about 300 quid, mm. which I think is cheap as shit. It's pretty cheap. In the grand scheme of things... Well, just go on the inflation calculator. Right, but $20. Yeah, there we go. This is what I wouldn't have gone on. $443 in today's money, it's saying. Right, so $20 back then, 1934, 400 and what? $443 with a cumulative rate of inflation of 2,115%. Cheap as, right? That is cheap for the baseball, do you not think? What Today? Yeah. Would, you, it... would you pay almost £500 for no, a football? No, 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 no. He paid that. So it's like Beckham buying back the penalty, the ball that he... Yeah, okay. Right? Yeah. So if Beckham come to me and I had that ball, because obviously it went over the net, Yeah. you keep the ball. Beckham, I'll be... Mate, it's 15 grand. He's got the cash. Yeah, I guess so. What's Beckham a billionaire, is he yet? Uh, he's got all that got all that guitar money. Is he a billionaire? He's got to be up there, isn't he? Nah, not yeah, that much. But anyway, I'll th- be going in heavy. I think Tom, there was, there was something similar. I'm trying to find it and I can't quite is find this it. NFL? There's something about Tom Brady, yeah. His... The the t- the touchdown that he threw to like get the record of the most ever touchdowns, whoever caught it just like threw it into the crowd because they thought it was just another regular touchdown. Someone then had to go back and like beg for the ball back, and they ended up giving him like pittance compared to what he'd have got at auction for it. But it was like, yeah, yeah sure, all right. Quarterback's the easiest job in sport, isn't it? You just pick it up and chuck it. You get all the praise, all the glory. Do what I did find out the other day, actually. I found this out on a Stormzy interview on the Graham Norton show. And sure. maybe this links into, like, you know, sport memorabilia. But do you know if you own a really, really valuable piece of art in the art world, the yeah. community, you are pretty much expected to donate that to see it for people to see. You still own it, but you are meant to put it. Remember, you remember Glastonbury, Stormzy wore the Banksy yeah. vest. He had that, obviously, and had to donate it for, for people to be able to see. I wonder if that's the same for yeah. heavy sport memorabilia. I don't think... Yeah, that, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that kind of goes into, like, Hall of Fames and... But you have to, you know, even if you've got it, you have to kind of go, right, we need to put that on show. Yeah, or... I don't know if you're forced, but I think, you know, maybe it is heavily implied. But then yeah. you have, even if you don't donate it, like, the, didn't the Tate recently or the National Portrait Gallery spend a whole heap of money on art? Like, millions and millions, millions of pounds on one artwork. Well, he spent $20 old Babe Ruth and got it back. What a name. What a name. Yeah, you're always destined for greatness, aren't you? Well, he sounds like your ex-girlfriend. Oh, Babe, Babe Ruth. Yeah. Last fact of the show. Stilton can't make Stilton. The cheese? What? Stilton. The cheese the, can't make the, the place cheese. Oh, yep. Can't make Stilton the cheese. As in it's not physically allowed to? Yeah. Why not? Stilton... Is only licensed by three, uh, three counties rather, are only licensed to make Stilton. Derbyshire, Leicestershire and Nottinghamshire. It's like a protected place. Like yeah. you can only make champagne in Champagne. Is Stilton in the UK? Yeah, it's in, um, is it none in of it? those three places. Mm. Uh, Stilton, I believe, is in Cambridgeshire. Right. There we go. Uh, Daniel Defoe 
1722, the author described the village as famous for its cheese because it would be brought there from places it was sold, uh, made rather, and then sold. But it's now become a protected item, so it can only be made in very specific places like Champagne in Champagne. So you can only make Stilton in Derbyshire, Leicestershire and Nottinghamshire. So it cannot be made in the place that actually gave it its name. There we go. It's a bit of a kick in the teeth, isn't it? Hmm. See, this is a really interesting fact. It's an interesting fact. You're, no, no. What I'm doing? I think you're still you're still glossing off the dictionary. No, still I am. I am absolutely. I just don't have much to say. I'm, it's a great fact. It's just where you know. What's the next bit? The parish of Stilton applied to Defra, uh, which is the, is that the department. They can for buy it, can't they? There. Agriculture. You can buy it. You can't make it in Stilton, and that's because you don't have the means to. No, it's because it's it's it's, it's a protected. It's given protected geographical status. Right. So it can only be made in the counties that have that to make sure that, you know, everyone can't make Stilton. Got you. So, so they like, say we can only, to kind of protect its value almost. So they should do... Yeah, so it's the same that. as what you said about, like, champagne can only be yeah. made in the champagne region of France. Cornish pasties can only be made in Cornwall. Otherwise, it has to be called just That concept, pasty. that concept right there should be brought into the world of IPAs. Because I'm getting a little bit sick of all of these quirky little yeah. places making shit IPAs and charging me seven and a half quid in London for it. Yeah. This concept, put it in the IPA world. So what, what, so what do you want? I just want a good IPA from somewhere that is making good IPA. Well, yeah, but just... But, Not like, you but, know, no, but they do that. Barry, who owns a skateboard company, he's like, oh, I'm going to make an IPA. So you're saying that... charge me seven and a half Yeah, quid. but the thing is, an IPA is a, is, is a beer in the same way that you would then say, well, red wine can only be made in a certain place. Yeah, There's some different types of red wine. Because Stilton's, you know why Stilton's, Stilton's good cheese? Yeah. The reason it's good cheese because of this. There's nobody else making it. But yeah, there, but no, I don't think you can do that with IPA. Are... IPA is like a recipe. That's like... Got you. Uh, yeah. Like, for example, a, a, like a, a lasagna, for yeah. example. Okay. And, and there are similar, you know, there is blue cheese that's probably exactly like Stilton. They just can't call it Stilton. Worst cheese? Off the top of my head, I don't know. A bland one. I quite like a pungent Best cheese. Best cheese is Bosson. I don't know. It's too, too, mm. too creamy for me. Best cheese, Bosson. Bosson. Yeah, B-O-U-R-S-I-N. Bosson. <laughs> so with IPA, you just want there to be one IPA. Just a good IPA, yeah. Just a good like that. But then you know you can do that with breweries. So just figure out what breweries IPA just you a like. Lot and of stick really, to you know, like when you walk into, I went into this new uh, <coughs> games bar that's opened in Central London the other day, and uh, yeah, just unlimited amount of IPA, like overwhelming amount of beer to pick from. Do you know why an IPA is an IPA? Why? Because uh, beer used to be made in England, shipped over to India, and it's an India pale ale. Used to be shipped over to India. Uh, when we had the empire, and they found that it went off. But the way to stop it going off was to make it more hoppy. So that is why an IPA is more hoppy. Hence, hop house. There's, and th- th- there, are some, there are some regulations on what an IPA can be, but I feel like modern beers that call themselves an IPA mm. are much stronger than that. I think it tends to be, like to be a session IPA, it can only be, I think, like up to 4.2% or something. Yeah. Madri. What? Madri. That's the new beer. There we go. Full <laughs> don't circle. Don't have eight pints of it. Trust me. There we Actually, go. don't with even have three of them. With you take anything away. We're not even going to do what have you learnt this week. That's what you've learnt this week. Don't have eight mad drinks. Yeah, yeah. With a triple cheeseburger. But obviously, if they're looking at sponsoring, by all means, send some yeah, over and all good, yeah. Talking of sponsorship, head to manscaped.com. Use the code BAFFLED to get 20% off and free shipping for all of November. Keep yourself or someone that you would like to be better groomed 
well kept this month heading into the Christmas season uh, thank you so much for listening say goodbye Mark goodbye say goodbye Connor uh, goodbye Asda do you want that Madri actually you can get four of them for 480 there you go tyres screech as everyone careers to Asda to take advantage of a beer Connor is notably called crap thank you very much we'll see you next week bye bye Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.